जय राधा मरवा कुंज बिहारी जय राधा कुंज बिहारी जय गोपी जनवाला Jaya Gopi Janavalava Girivara Dari Ashorananda Braja Janaranjana Ashorananda Braja Janaranjana Jamuna Bhagavad Gita as it is key. Om Namo 
Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Need some reading glasses. No, they're, they're in a they're in a pouch. There they are over there. See them by that. Thank you. I'm sorry to make you go get those. <laughs> Thanks. Let's start again. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Reading from the Srimad Bhagavatam. Canto 1, chapter 15. Text number 9 is on the board, and I think it's for the right day, but I was told text 10. So if it's okay, I'm going to do text 10. Is that all right? Because it's a nice verse, and I got prepared for it, and I have a lot to say about text number 10. So my forgiveness, please, please forgive me if uh, we didn't do nine yesterday. I think we did do nine yesterday, but perhaps not. Maybe we had a Prabhupada lecture plate or sometimes it happens. But I'm going to do ten. If we have to, we'll go back and do nine. Patyas tavadmika kripta mahabhisheka. Slagista karu karabam kitavai sabayam spristram vikriya padoya patrasru mukya yascha triyo kritaha tesha vimukta keshaha patnas tad Vadmika Kripta Maha Abhishek Slagista Karu Kabaram Kitaiva Sabayam Spristam Vikrai Vikriya Padoya Paticha Sru Mukya Yastachriyo Krita Hatesha Vimukta Keshaha Patnayas tad hid muka kripta maha abhishek slagista karu kabaram kaitava sabyam spristam vikirya padayo patissa shru mukya yasta triyo krita hatesha vimukta keshaha word for word Patnya of the wife. Tava, your. Adhimaka, during the great sacrificial ceremony. Kipta, dressed. Maha Abhishek, greatly sanctified. Slagista, thus glorified. Karu, 
beautiful. Kabaram, clustered hair. Kitaivaha, by the miscreants. Sabayam, in the great assembly. Spristam, being caught. Vikiria, being loosened. Padayo, excuse me, on the feet. Patita Ashru Mukaya, of the one who fell down with tears in the eyes. Ya, he taught there. Striya, wives. Akrita, became Hataisha, bereft of husbands. Vimukta Keshaha, loosened hair. Translation in purport by His Divine Grace, Srila A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami, Srila Prabhupada Ki. Purport. Queen Draupadi had a beautiful bunch of hair which was sanctified in the ceremonial function of the Rajasuya Yagna. But when she was lost in a bet, Dushishana touched her glorified hair to insult her. Draupadi then fell down at the lotus feet of Lord Krishna. The Lord decided that all the wives of Dushishana and company should have their hair loosened as a result of the battle of Kurukshetra. Thus, after the battle of Kurukshetra, after all the sons and grandsons of Dhritarashtra died in battle, all the wives of the family were obliged to loosen their hair as widows. In other words, all the wives of the Kuru family became widows because of Dushishana's insulting a great devotee of the Lord. The Lord can tolerate insults upon Himself by any miscreant because the Father tolerates even insults from the Son. But He never tolerates insults upon His devotees. By insult, by insulting a great soul, one has to forego all the results of pious acts and benedictions also. Omaganam tinamanda shajanan janan salakaya chakshurun militam jena tesma shri guru vena maha shri chaitanya minovisham shapitam jena bhutale svayam rupa kanamayam dinanti svapadantikam. I was born in the darkest ignorance, and my spiritual master is opening my eyes with the torchlight of knowledge. I offer my humble obeisances on the dust of his lotus feet. Nama Om Vishnu Padaya Krishna Prestaya Bhutale Srimate Tamal Krishna Goswaminiti Namine Nama Om Vishnu Padaya Krishna Prestaya Bhutale Srimati Bhakti Vedanta Swaminiti Namine Namaste Saraswati Deve Gauravani Pacharne Nirvisesha Sunyavari Paskatati Shutarne Jai Shri Vanchakalpa Tarubais Chakripasinivasevacha Patitanam Pavanebio Vaishnavabhyo Namona Maha Jaya Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhunity Ananda Shirvaita Kadadha Shivasari Gora Bhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Ram Hare Ram 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 Hare Hare 
So we're reading from Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 1, Chapter 15, Text Number 10. And uh, <clears throat> what, what would you say is the theme of this verse in purport? I thought the theme of this verse in purport would be uh, Krishna protects his devotees, right? Krishna protects his devotees. What's happening? Arjuna is speaking. He's just come back from Dwarka and the, the whole uh, Kuru dynasty has perished, killed themselves. Krishna's arrangement. And so he's beside himself. He's, he's bereft of Krishna's uh, association and Krishna's left the planet. So he's realizing that all of his power, his empowerment, his ability all came from Krishna. So he's speaking a, a little bit here in this chapter. He's giving us a little of the, a, a recap of the history of Mahabharat, what happened, some of the major events. And one of the most um, a major events, amazing parts of the Mahabharat is when Draupadi, right, is, is, uh, is dishonored. Uh, Yudhisthira uh, under Kshatriya duty, you know, he had to Gamble, right? If he's challenged, you have to accept the gambling challenge. And of course, they cheated so uh, horribly, you know. So, Yudhisthira had to keep had to keep on, you know, offering more and more for the gambling match. And so he he lost everything. He even lost his own brothers. I mean, if he owned his brothers, but I don't know how that happened. But they argued about that, you know. And he lost Draupadi. But then then there was uh, some argument whether she could have, you know. Anyway, anyway, they they. It was, there was an argument and, and Yudhisthira and the Pandavas couldn't fight, right? They couldn't fight because Yudhisthira is, the, is, 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 you know, Dharma personified practically. He always had to follow rules and regulations. And so, uh, Dushishana was trying to say, well, you've lost Draupadi. We can do what we want with her. So he chases her and she begs for mercy. She, first, she begs to all of the assembled devotees, you know, please, somebody do something. This is a, this is abhorrent. She asked her grand, she asked grandfather Bhishma, you know, basically for a ruling, you know, can they do this? this isn't, I'm, you know, he already lost everything, so how could he lose me again? It's something like to that effect. I forgot exactly, but she she begs them for their mercy. Their kshatriyas, you know, and he's the grandfather, sire of the whole, uh, uh, the whole dynasty. You know, very, very, very. Uh, illustrious family of rulers and, and he does nothing and he, he gives some, some lame excuse why he can't, you know, whether or not she's actually been won by Duryodhan and, and the, and the sons of Dhritarashtra. So, Dushishana, trying to be a, a, a dutiful, uh, slave, servant to his, uh, horrible evil masters, right? Uh, Goes and, and grabs Dropity. And the first thing he does is, what does he do? Her hair is, is kept up, right? We've all seen this in India. A woman's hair is kept up. And it's, it's, it's a sign of chastity to her husband, right? The hair is bound up. <clears throat> and the first thing he's gonna do is he's gonna undo that hair. Try to undo the hair so the hair comes down. Women look more beautiful. Their hair is down. Uh, it's also intimate. There's an intimacy. What is the Islamic faith? Also, this is very important to them too, right? Their ladies, they can't go out without having their head covered, right? So at least in the Hindu faith, the, the women wear their hair up. In the, in the Vedic the Vedic uh, world, right, women wear their hair up because the hair is not to, 
not meant to be enjoyed, not to be seen, the beautiful hair, by anyone except the husband, right? And so this is something that we see in the world today, but in Islamic society, we see it in Indian society amongst chaste women, mother, wives. They won't let their hair down. Who's the only one that sees their hair down? Their husband, right? And so this is a shaming. This is a very intimate thing. To have her hair pulled down is a great offense. Why? Why do why do wives keep their hair tied up? Why do Muslim ladies keep their hair covered when they go out? It's out of love. It's out of love and respect for the husband, right? They may not like that. They may think, oh gosh, this is a women's lib movement. I wish I could wear my hair down. But they keep their hair covered as a sign of love and respect for the husband, right? And so at this, this is why this is important is being brought up is that not so much that women are supposed to cover their hair or keep their hair up. No. In modern day, we'll talk about that. But for the purposes of this pastime, we can, we can see how incredibly horrible it was just to, for Jopati to have her hair pulled down, right? And so, uh, they don't even mention it to Arjuna. It might probably was too painful to even think that they tried to disrobe her, right? And we know what happened. Dushashana was pulling on her sari and it wouldn't come off. There, there were reams and reams of, 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 uh, sari, right? He couldn't, he couldn't pull the clothes off. Hare Krishna, good morning, have a good day. And, and this concept is very important. What does it mean? Krishna protects his devotees. And it said that Krishna was in Dwarka, I think, and he smiled. A very sweet smile one time. And so, uh, I think Draupadi, or I'm sorry, uh, uh, Rukmini, or maybe Satyabhama, she, she, they asked, she asked, why are you smiling, my Lord? He had a very, you know, beautiful, he said, he said, just now, my devotee is about to surrender completely to me. Something to that effect. And I'm going to protect her. And so, you know, I'm sure he told her what was happening away in the court in Hastinapur, right? So Krishna smiles because Draupadi had looked at everybody, all of her protectors, her husbands, her grandfathers, her relatives, her father may have been there. You know, everyone's there, her brother, I don't know, I don't know if her brother and father were there, but, but she, she could get no, no one to help her, right? So she, what did she do? What, and what should we do when we're in that situation? We have nothing left. We just say, Krishna, it's you. It's up to you. Please help me or give me some mercy or show me what to do or help in this situation because I'm lost. I am now completely, uh, bereft of any protection except your lotus feet. So whatever happens is up to you. Arjuna did this on the battlefield, right? Krishna speaks to him and he gets this, he gets, he surrenders to Krishna in a, in a, in a mood of complete helplessness. And this is how we should view ourselves. You know, we think we have a lot of nice things or we have a good life and we have a, we have some material possessions and we have nice families and stuff. But really they're so temporary. They're, they're, that they're practically illusory. You know, they're gonna be gone soon. We're gonna be gone. Our bodies, you know, that we value so much, you know, that take, we take care of and we, gives us enjoyment. You know, our bodies are so important. But, you know, they're gonna be gone too. And so, the, the, uh, the temporary nature of the material world is, is so illusory that we're, we're supposed to realize, hey, I'm really a spirit soul and I'm meant to be with Krishna. And the more we can surrender to Krishna, you know, now, 
when we have to go through the difficulties that our bodies give us, you know, they get sick, they need, they, they have problems, we have to take care of our bodies, we have to take care of the bodies of our loved ones, right? You know, I have a wife and daughter, you gotta take care of them. And so all of these struggles are there, not to make us suffer for the sake of suffering, but to make us suffer so that we'll turn inward and we'll, we'll, we'll pray to Krishna, you know, just like Draupadi did. Are we going to have something as bad as that happen to us? I hope not. You know, we're devotees. We already know about Krishna. But literally, things almost this bad, things as as mentally uh, disturbing to Draupadi, things, is, things will happen to us that are mentally disturbing. I mean, really, really difficult things. And you'll have to go to the very pit of your heart and say, what do I do? You know, that's when Super Soul will help you, right? Krishna will help you from without. The guru's there. You go and you get advice. Talk to guru. Talk to other devotees, right? And then within your heart, too, you can feel things. Okay, what should I do here? Okay, I have to apologize. (laughs) That's a big one for me. I'm apologizing all the time, right? (laughs) And so you make a mistake, but you realize, okay, I made a mistake. And the quicker you rectify it. Now, the, the, the bad thing about it, though, is it's hard to rectify the fifth time, <laughs> the tenth time, you say make the same mistake, you know what I mean? And it's like, oh, Krishna, I promise this time I won't do it again, <laughs> you know. Well, it's already been 20 times. <laughs> when are you going to really, you know, mean that? But how many times have we already promised Krishna? We've already promised Lord Chaitanya. Lord Chaitanya, this time, this life, I mean it. I really, I really mean it. <laughs> how many Kali Yugas do we have to come, go through and come back? How many cycles? Because Lord Chaitanya is not going to come for like another thousand, you know, uh, turns of the cycles, right? And we're so fortunate because we're in, in the, in the universe right now where Krishna, Krishna just came himself only 5,000 years ago. And Lord Chaitanya came right after 500 years ago. Only 500 years ago, Lord Chaitanya walked the planet. You can go to his pastime places. You can see the places where he walked. It's amazing. It's changed around a little because Ganges flows and you know all those things. But we know where the lo- the the important places are located. And the most important thing about going to the Holy Land is the devotees that are there, right? And we hear from the advanced devotees. You know, we don't just go to take a bath or say, "Well, there's a house that Lord Chaitanya was in," or "There's his birthplace," "There's the tree." It's very important. To see those places and to feel it, but it's more important to say, wow, I want to hear from the devotees that are there. And so, um, when we have these difficulties, we should, like Draupadi, we should call out to the, uh, to the, to Krishna for help. And, um, when Dushashana, uh, pulled down her hair, you know, it, it, it made me remember that phrase, as, as everyone heard, that phrase, you know, when you're, you're gonna have fun, you're gonna let your hair down, right? You know, we've all heard that expression, and it must come from this, right? Or from the concept of the, the chastity of a woman's hair being there for her husband. And so, uh, when the hair is letting down, uh, that's a, that's something a, a woman, uh, protects for her husband, loyalty to her husband. And if it happens, uh, uh, by force, then it's a great offense. And for this offense, Dushashana's wives, sons, would be were going to be killed in Kurukshetra. Wow, that's heavy, isn't it? But this was just one of many things, right, that the Kauravas had done to the Pandavas that 
that spelled their demise. It meant that Krishna was going to take him out. Now this is, this is the, the, uh, that's the result that Dushishana got and, and Dhritarashtra got and, uh, Duryodhan got, Duryodhan got is that they had to die and their sons die and their wives left bereft, right? No husband. And so Prabhupada makes the comparison, the, the, the verse makes the comparison just like Draupadi had her hair fall down, the wives of the Kauravas were going to have their hair fall down. Why? Because they're going to be without a husband. They'll be bereft of a husband. They have no protector, no one to love, no one to love them, no one to serve them. They don't have their husband to serve anymore. So why keep the hair up? It's done. And, and it's, it's almost like, okay, they let their hair down, not to have fun, but their hair's down because they can't do anything else. They, some of the wives, you know, probably Hare Krishna, they wanted to kill themselves too, you know. And, and they're, cause they're lost. Cause they're chaste women in, in, in the Vedic culture. It's not like they're gonna, well, I'll, I'll go find another husband. Didn't, didn't happen at that time. Oh, my son will take care of me. Their sons are gone. You know, so heavy. So heavy. So do we get that? If we offend a devotee, I've offended devotees. I'll probably offend devotees today. Do I lose my life for that? I won't do anything as bad as, you know, trying to disrobe a devotee lady or take her hair down. But we make offenses to each other. So Prabhupada points out at the end that <clears throat> Dushishana paid a really heavy price, right, for his offending a devotee of the Lord. But that was part of Krishna's leela, his pastimes. He wanted the burden of the earth reduced with all the kshatriyas. He didn't want all the kshatriyas because it was too much of a burden. And he wanted Yudhisthira installed as the emperor. So this was a heavy result that he got. And his queens, the queens of the Kauravas, got a very heavy reaction for offend, the offenses against the devotees, include all of them, the Pandavas, all of the Pandavas, Andropadi. So Prabhupada points out at the end that Krishna will tolerate insults upon himself, but he will never tolerate insults upon his devotees. By insulting a great soul, one has to forego the results of pious acts and benedictions also. So that means that for us, we're going to lose the... We don't lose it. Like you say, well, wait a minute. I've done devotional service. I have this bank account that's full of my devotional service. And it's yours forever, right? It goes in. It's yours. It's always yours. <clears throat> but when you, excuse me, when you offend a devotee, it's like a lock, a, a freeze on your assets, on your spiritual bhakti assets. It's a lock on your account. And you can't withdraw. You can't withdraw it. And you need to withdraw it every day in order to get up, shout, chant, come to the temple, read, do devotional. You know, do to, doing devotional service takes the mercy of other devotees. And it takes the spiritual advancement that we have to keep on advancing. If you don't, if you're not able to draw on your spiritual advancement to this point, you can't go further in spiritual advancement. It's a lock. And I remember, uh, Tamal Krishna Goswami was asked this question. He said, Giriraj Swami gave a lecture and he said, it's like a lock on your bank account. 
And Giriyashwami was quoting Srila Prabhupada. So we don't want to have a lock on our account. We want to be able to draw on the uh, beautiful realizations and advancement that we made as devotees. And so we have to avoid offending devotees at all cost, right? Because Krishna is not pleased with it and he will lock down our account. Doesn't mean he doesn't love us, but it means, okay, there's some things are going to have to happen, right? You've got a lock on your account and that's very dangerous. So, you know, Krishna wants us to make uh, advancement, but sometimes we have to be remediated. We have to be punished. We have to be shown the right way, right? And so you can't draw on your spiritual assets. You're going to maybe get a little karma, a little reaction, right? But never anything like what we really deserve, right? I don't get anything close to the bad karma I deserve. Krishna mitigates our karma and says, I'm going to help you so you won't get as much bad karma. And you won't even get as much good karma either, right? Because what is too much good karma? Too much wealth, too much enjoyment, and you can't focus on being a devotee. So you don't want too much, you don't want too little. And that's the perfect thing about the earth, right? Because the earth is a mid-level planet. It's not hell, it's not heaven. So here it's just the right amount of both, and you can become a devotee very easily because you see the, the, the painful, difficult side, and you see the good side. And so we don't just want the good. We don't want to just go to heaven. We want to go back home, back to Godhead, back to the spiritual world. And... uh See if I had any more comments. It's always so nice to read the Bhagavatam, and uh, this section is is really interesting. We're getting some recap of the of the Mahabharat, and. Uh, the Mahabharata is, is, is like a lot of de- details, right? We, I knew a lot of the story from Bhagavad Gita, from lectures, from Srimad Bhagavatam. But until I finally read Mahabharata, <clears throat> I didn't, uh, I didn't know a lot of the details. And it's nice to get the details. So I started to read Mahabharata probably about a month ago. And my daughter was reading it, so I said, okay, maybe we'll talk about it. And, uh, so I, I, I got, uh, this night, she was reading the one we had in our house. I got a nice version from Maternoff Prabhu. He said he'd read it a couple times. He said he really liked this version, the way it was written, you know. So I, I'm reading it and I'm, I'm amazed, you know, it's just amazing to read the pastimes and the stories. And then after some time, it sort of became almost too much, you know, cause it's hard. Like they see Yudhisthira, you know, he, he can't, they can't fight at the gambling match. I mean, it would have been so easy, you know, Bhima could have picked up his mace and killed them all with, you know, just throwing it at him, you know. And he wanted to, right? And, and, but he couldn't. So there's a lot of details and, so for me, it was almost like when you watch a scary movie or you watch a movie that's like too intense, you know, it's just like too much. So I sort of had to withdraw and I had to kind of say, wait a minute. And I, I thought, I'm going to wait till I can digest this more because it's like so much, you know, like the part where the uh, uh, Dropity is, is disrobed. It's it's hard to read. You know, I had to skip. Sec- I couldn't read it. It's just too much. 
Because when you know how much you fe- you just feel the emotion and and how how horrible it was, and there are other parts there too. So it's not that it's and, and so here's what happened. So I was uh, I told my wife I'm going to return the Mahabharat to Maternoth Prabhu because I, I I'm at a spot I don't I'm gonna I'm not going to read anymore. And then I heard I heard uh, my wife said. You should listen to this one part of this lecture that our guru, our guru, Tamal Krishna Maharaj gave. She said, Gurudev said something about this. And she goes, let me play it. She told me what he said. And then she played it for me and I, we listened and it was like, he said, I don't know why, why you all want to read Mahabharat when you haven't read the Bhagavatam, know the Gita really well. Read Chaitanya Charitamrita and know it really well. Read teachings of Lord Chaitanya. Read Nectar of Devotion and understand it well. He goes, I, I don't understand it. He goes, the reason being, Krishna is only in the Mahabharat indirectly. He's in it. He's a character and he says things, but he's not. He's not glorified. Krishna is not glorified in Mahabharat. It doesn't mean you shouldn't read Mahabharata and it's not, it's, it's a Veda, it's a, it's incredible scripture, right? <laughs> Vyasadeva wrote it down. And so he, Tamal Krishnamaraj in the lecture, he pointed out, after Vyasadeva wrote it, he wasn't happy. <laughs> and, and so Narada Muni came and said, write Srimad Bhagavatam and you'll be happy. <laughs> the reason you're not happy is because you haven't glorified Krishna. You've given the history and you said what happened. And some philosophy too, right? Some explanation. Excuse me, but you haven't directly, un, 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 unimpededly glorified Krishna. So write Srimad Bhagavatam. <laughs> write it and give the world that. And then Vyasadeva was happy, right? And so I almost felt that way too. Because when I was reading Mahabharata, I, it's sort of like I just, it was, it was like not enough Krishna, you know? So it's like, I, I, and I was in front of the deities, in front of Radha Kalachanji, and I was thinking to myself, you know, I, I just want to read the Bhakti scriptures. You know, I just want to read Bhagavatam and Gita, and, and, and when I'm ready, you know, the books of the Goswamis, you know, after you become expert at Chaitanya Charitamrita, you know, I still need to finish Chaitanya, Chaitanya Charitamrita. I need to read these books. And so I was looking at these and I was thinking that, and I saw something on Krishna start to move. If you ever see anything move on the deities, you better pay attention, right? Because something, you know. So it was his earrings, his left earring. And it was a long earring that had like chain link kind of thing. So it starts to move. And I'm like, wow. So I looked again. It moved a little bit more. And then it completely fell off. And I was like, wow. So I was so grateful that the Lord gave a nice confirmation, right? That's how I chose to take it. That if you're in front of the deity and you, and you're praying and you see something and the deity manifests something, you should take it. <laughs> you can take, the deity is approving this thought, right? So I was really happy to hear that. To get confirmation, you know, like, it's fine to read Mahabharata and to know the history, but for devotees, we relish the Srimad Bhagavatam. We relish Bhagavad Gita. Cause it's so relishable, right? I mean, it's hard to relish Dropadi being disrobed. It is, the, the end part is very relishable, right? That Krishna saved her by sending so much sorry. 
But they don't explain in the Mahabharata the smiling part. That's from another story, that Krishna's smiling when Draupadi surrenders to him. And then he, you know, so we want Krishna. You know, we want Krishna. We, we, we understand there's a history of the world and, and all the things that happen and bad things are happening and good things are happening. But we want the things that happen that Krishna does, right? And, and most of the world doesn't have access to this knowledge, to these pastimes, to the Bhagavatam, to the Gita. They only know Krishna indirectly. They know him as God the Father. And he's probably got a, a, a big white beard. He sits in heaven behind a giant book. And when you come there, he judges you and says, you've been a bad person. You know, go to hell forever. It's silly, you know, it doesn't make any sense. If God loves us, if, 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 if evil is more powerful than goodness, does evil win? If evil wins, that means God's not in control, right? <laughs> okay, I understand there's hell, right? There's hellish suffering for our sins, but it's not eternal. <laughs> it's like, it just makes sense, doesn't it? Reincarnation. We're more than our bodies. We see bodies die all the time. We're a spirit soul. And the spirit soul we know, just like taking off a, a pair of clothes and putting on another pair of clothes, we're going to get another body. We get animal body. We get a germ body. Oh, wouldn't that be horrible? To go that far down again? Go as a germ? But it, it can happen. Prabhupada said one of the U.S. presidents, he was so sensitive. So, he went down. He said he took, took birth in the germs. That's that's really heavy, you know. So uh, we know about Krishna. So I'm not sure the source, but we're, we're guaranteed another human birth. Okay, we, we've we've heard about Krishna. So, but the the question is, what's our next birth going to be? It's going to promise that we get birth with a family, a rich family, aristocratic family, and you get to do devotional service, or you're born to Goswami family or family of devotees and you're raised as a devotee again. Very nice birth. But what happens if you don't have quite the same good fortune <laughs> to meet a, a, a spiritual master, to hear Prabhupada's books? What if it's in another universe? What if it's in a different planet? You know, Prabhupada said there's life on every planet. The, the point I'm making is don't take a chance. <laughs> Don't try to say, well, I'm banking on another human birth next time. No. Use the time you have now to make sure that you don't take birth again. Or you do, you take the right birth where in a universe where Krishna's pastimes are going on, and you get to train up. You get to start training in the relationship that you have eternally with Krishna. Wow. We have an eternal relationship with Krishna? Yes. We have an eternal spiritual form. Isn't that amazing? Don't you want to know what it is? Well, come, come and see me to, come and see me later and for $5,000 I'll tell you what it is. Do you trust me? <laughs> no. This is called Siddha Pranali, right? And some gurus will offer this. They'll say, come, you know, go to Babaji's in Radhakun. Go to some big gurus in India, some people. They're, 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 they can tell you who you are in the spiritual world. Prabhupada said no. Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasvati said no. 
It used to be in our line that that was, that would happen. But Kali Yuga is too degraded. <laughs> and the candidates are too, uh, still too not, not purified quickly enough yet for us to handle that knowledge. We're not ready for it. So Prabhupada and his Guru Maharaj, they set up a system where it will be revealed to us from within the heart when we're ready to know what is our Swarup. What is our eternal relationship with Krishna? But we don't have to worry about that now because we know our, what is our eternal relationship with Lord Chaitanya. We're his servant. We're a bhakta. We're a bhaktin. We do devotion, we do devotional service. We chant Hare Krishna. We chant Japa. We do Harinam, Sankirtan. We distribute books. We cook nice prasadam, excuse me, we distribute prasad to devotees, we tell people about Krishna, we try to encourage people to become devotees to access the storehouse of bliss, of love of God, which Lord Chaitanya and Lord Nityananda plundered. They broke open the storehouse of knowledge, right? If we go to the, U- the United States Federal Reserve Bank right now, and we break open the doors and we offer all the money that's in there. They have printed money. They may even print there. I don't know if they print there, but they have stocks of cash, right? We open those doors. Do you think there's going to be a lot of people come to, to, to loot that? It'll be gone in 30 seconds, right? I mean, they'll take everything. It'll be cleaned out. But how much more wonderful is this storehouse of the nectar of love of God, which has been broken open and is wide open and is just just waiting for people to come and grab it. And the only qualification for getting it is that you want it. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? That's the only qualification to get love of Godhead through Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. You have to want it. That means you have to want love of God and the nectar of Radha and Krishna's love and being a servant of that love more than you want material enjoyment. And the love that's, that we, things we call love in the material world, they're not. They're just basically, end up being selfish things that we want, but, well okay, you know what I'm, yeah, everybody knows this. We can tell the temporariness, the love is important in this world. We should love each other, we should be kind to each other. That's very important. And as devotees we do that. But it's not the end. It's not the, it's not the end, the goal. The goal is love of God. And in fact, the word love is not enough. So it's called Prem, Krishna Prem. Krishna Prem is available freely. All we have to do is want it. Lord Chaitanya, Lord Nityananda. So we serve them, and in serving them, we become uh, eligible for this nectar, the spiritual nectar, which we are hankering for, but we don't even know it, right? Because we're spirit soul, and so we're chasing after material enjoyment, and trying to trying to find the perfect uh, solution, perfect thing, even even as devotees, not gross material enjoyment, but even you know try to try, trying to be good devotees and following the principles, but still get a little enjoyment in. But you know, spiritual. Well, it's still not the full thing, right? We have to develop fully. You know, everyday chanting, everyday reading, everyday going out, and trying to give Krishna's mercy to others, and worshiping the deities. It, isn't it so beautiful? They are so beautiful, and it's so much easier to be Krishna conscious, you know, looking at them. Because, <laughs> I mean, look, they came all the way from India, Radha and Krishna, Radha Kalachanji, 
and they're so uh, sweet and nice, and they they do interact with us, right? We do have interactions with them, especially if you're a pujari and you're so fortunate to get up there and touch their lotus feet and to see their lotus feet, see Radharani's feet when you when you when you worship worship them. It's so nice. And and the deities have a very sweet mood, and sometimes they have a mood they're they're uh, they're not as sweet, <laughs> right? Sometimes uh, you know, all different kinds of feelings are manifested, and that's just that's just you know now we're still in the material world. Think how amazing it must be when we have our spiritual form, and we're interacting in a spiritual way with Radha and Krishna. Unbelievable, right? The pastimes of Krishna are so relishable, the devotees lose their minds. They become drowned in ecstasy. The pastimes of Radhadamadar, in the prayer, it states like that. The, the, the devotees, in, in witnessing Krishna's childhood lila, they become drowned in pools of ecstasy. And uh, one, one pastime always comes in my mind, and I like to, to repeat it because it's so sweet, is when Radha and Krishna... They have, they have a wrestling match. <laughs> they're gonna have a, they're gonna have a wrestling match. Cause the gopas say Krishna's stronger and the, and the gopis say no, Radharani's stronger. And so they go and they argue and yell and whatever they do thing. And then they say, okay, how are we gonna prove this? Okay, we'll have a, we'll have a, we'll have a wrestling match. Sort of like a boxing match or a wrestling match, right? They're gonna fight. And so the go, the gopis and the gopas make a, make a, make a ring. You know, with ropes like the boxing match rope. So they're going to go in the ring where they'll fight, and they they make it in a beautiful kunj, and the trees are there, and a beautiful flower. And the gopas, the cowherd boys are there, the cowherd girls are there. And so Krishna's in a little kunj, you know, with with Madhu Mangal, and he's getting them ready for the fight. You know, he's rubbing his muscles, and he's telling them, you know, so you can do this, you can beat this girl. She's just a girl. You can win. You can beat her. And Krishna's like, yeah, yeah, I'm ready. I'm gonna, I'm gonna win. I'm gonna win this fight. You know, the honor of the cowherd boys. Yeah, I gotta win. And then Radharani's in her kunj and her, her sakis are getting her ready and they tie her sari in a special way so her legs are free. Have you ever seen sometimes men will tie their dhotis in a, in a neat way. They tie it around the legs, you know. And so you can just imagine how cute she must have looked. I mean, first of all, that on its own. I mean, just see Radharani look. You know, so she, and she got like a turban on, her hair's up, and so she's ready to fight, right? But she's still Radharani. <laughs> and so she comes out, and Krishna comes out, and everybody's cheering, and, and first of all, first thing, when Krishna comes out and Radharani comes out, Radharani's, uh, lotus, uh, 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 transcendental fragrance hits Krishna's nose. And he almost passes out. <laughs> Just from the fragrance of Radharani. So he, he, Madhu Mungle's like, come on, don't do this. You're gonna lose. Don't do it. You know, don't let her charms get you. You gotta beat her in the fight. Krishna's like, okay, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. So they get in the ring and they climb in the ring. And then Radharani is, is she's looking at, you know, she, they're, they're maybe, you know, grandstanding a little bit. You know, the gopis are cheering for her. She's looking at them. And Krishna's looking at the gopas. And Krishna turns and looks at Radharani. Well, Radharani has her back to him. But then she turns like that and gives him a sidelong glance. Have you heard of that before? A sidelong glance. 
it's, it, it accentuates the beauty, beauty of a woman. And so when you get like this look, when someone's doing something else and, and they look at you like that with a big smile, it's like even more powerful, right? Krishna passes out. <laughs> Krishna just passes out right in the ring. He can't do anything. Radharani devastated him with this sidelong glance. <laughs> so you can just imagine how uh, amazing these pastimes are, the competition. And so what happens? Radharani's declared the champion. She's more powerful than Krishna. She's the queen of Bindavan. She's maybe carried around a little bit. And then the cowherd boys want a rematch. I'm just making this up. You know, and so then they, they, they start maybe having a, a, a fight. You know, do they have a little holy go on? I don't know. But you know what I mean? So anyway, there's, there's commotion. And in the commotion, Radharani and Krishna slip away. <laughs> they can sneak off because they're all, they're all interacting. And so these things happen again and again and again. The pastimes of Radha and Krishna are unlimited. So think of that for a second. Unlimited. We, we've got the pastimes in the paintings here in the, in the temple room, right? And we have the pastimes from the Bhagavatam. So many pastimes, 10th canto. And, but, you know, that's just a synopsis. That's just, a, it's just a little taste of everything. You know, it's, it's a, it's a, the, the, the Bhagavatam, Srimad Bhagavatam, there are just to, to consider how nectarian and how fun, just materially, you know what I mean? How much, how enjoyable it must be to see these pastimes. But then put it in the context of spiritual, the spiritual enjoyment, where you have a body that can really enjoy spiritual bliss because you have your spiritual form and you're back there with them. It's Vaikuntha. There's no, 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 you know, there's no anxiety. And, and the specialness of Goloka Vrindavan, there's no sense that Krishna's God. The Gopas don't, don't ever yell at the Gopis, Krishna's God, he's gonna win. <laughs> the Gopis feel every right to, that Radharani is more powerful than Krishna. She controls Krishna. They know that. <laughs> And the Gopas know it too, but they're hoping, no, this time Krishna will win, just so we can have a good argument, have a fun pastime. And so this happens. We're going to come up on the Swing Festival. That's another one too. It's amazing when you read the uh, intimate details of it. The, the Gopis find a set of trees that are each in front of each other in like a cross. So, and they have they have four swings going. And all of the swings come together in this central, central spot. They don't hit each other, but they're, you know, they're there. But they find a place in the forest that can do that. And then they start to have holy while they're swinging. <laughs> and so Krishna is expert at never getting even a drop of water on him or even a tiny fragment of the powder, right? Krishna remains pristine and he wins every battle. <laughs> And he can, he can go around, he can make the swing go around in a circle, right? And so they have these pastimes. And, and isn't that the most fun when you were a kid? Remember you would fight with your friends, but it was never a bad fight. You know, you never was, were trying to hurt each other. You just like throw in a little dirt clot or something and it would hit him in the head or hit him and then it would just disintegrate. So it didn't hurt, right? Sometimes you crumple up paper. Did you ever do that and throw it at, at somebody? So it hits them, but it doesn't hurt them, right? And then you laugh. Then they throw one back at you. I went to a concert one time. I don't know if this is a good story, but I'm going to tell it anyway. I went to a concert one time, and it was a it was the first concert I ever went to in about 1978. 
And the venue had all of these seating in front near the stage. Behind the stage was a big grassy area. And we got there kind of late, so we go in, and the grassy area was full of people. There were 10,000 people in this grassy area. And every single person there, it was just a sea of things being thrown in the air at each other. They crumpled up paper, and everybody, you know, three acres, everybody was just throwing things at each other and laughing. They were throwing and laughing, and everybody was just having fun. But it was sweet. It was a sweet fun. No one was getting hurt. They weren't throwing cans at each other or rocks. They were just having fun. And it's like, it's always amazed me that I got to see that and, and, and witness it because that's what it's like, you know, when you're happy and you have a little free time, you know, you're not cooking it. You just, you just out of joy, you love somebody, you know, crinkle up a little paper, throw it at them, get their attention. They throw it back. You have a little war or something, you know, I don't know what that means. It just came up. So I'm sorry. But the, the, the pastimes of Krishna are the most relishable. And, uh, we are so fortunate to have the Srimad Bhagavatam. And Srila Prabhupada gave us the Bhagavatam and Bhagavad Gita as it is. So we're very fortunate. So that's it. Any comments or questions? Yes, Mataji. Oh yeah, that's a great question. Devotees clash over things and, and, uh, sometimes they, uh, disagree a lot, right? Well, I shouldn't say that. Sometimes they disagree. It's not a lot, right? <laughs> and they what? Yes. And the disagreement can sometimes become heated. What is the motive behind it? What is Krishna, how does Krishna look at it? Yeah, I think you know the answer because you're asking it. And, uh, my answer would be that, uh, Krishna understands that devotees are trying their best and that sometimes they'll disagree and they might have very strong words, you know. But Prabhupada said that it should just be seen as clouds in the sky. Like clouds in the sky come together, they go apart. The cloud is so uh, temporary. There's a cloud there. Two seconds, you look back, it's gone. That's how we should we should take the disagreements that we have each other. We should consider them like clouds in the sky, meaning forgive instantly, forget, don't hold it in, don't keep it in your heart, because then it's a burden for the person that holds it in their heart. Oh, I've been offended. And then it takes more energy and effort to keep it, you know, as a burden than to just let it go. I learned this in a, in a, in a, some kind of a, of a exercise we did at some, some, you know, you, what, what you do is, is what they were teaching is, is forgiveness is not for the person you forgive, right? You've offended me. I want to hold it in my heart and be angry about it for the rest of my life. Well, then who does that hurt? doesn't hurt the person who offended you. It hurts you because you're holding it in so much. So forgiveness is for the forgiver. Isn't that funny? It's, it's, it's hard to conceptualize, but it's true. You give forgiveness, 
you're not letting the person off because that person still did the thing they did, but you're not hurting them by being angry with them. So you forgive them, and then you you lighten your own heart, right? You have to do this in the material world to everybody, but especially with devotees. Because when you harden your heart with devotees, oh boy, you're really closing off the avenue that Prabhupada and Krishna created this movement, Lord Chaitanya, to be an association of devotees so that we get uh, we get the mercy of each other all the time. So we get mercy from Guru, but we also get mercy from each other. And that mercy is what keeps us here, keeps us going as devotees. So, uh, yeah, Krishna doesn't look at, like, like Krishna, um, Krishna's pretty smart, right? <laughs> so he can tell, right? Okay, this was a real offense to a devotee. And have you ever done that? Like, you know it's wrong. You know it's going to be almost like an elephant offense, right? So bad. So bad. Even to think it is like horrible. But sometimes, and, and sometimes you might actually commit that elephant offense against a devotee. And now, boy, you're really in trouble, right? So Krishna knows that. So Krishna will put the lock on your account. You know, when it's, it's a really bad offense. When you knew in your heart you shouldn't have, have offended the devotee, but you did it anyway. Like in the spur of the moment, you, you know, especially, I, I point to the Pajari room, because that's where I have my problems. You know, sometimes it happens. Devotees disagree, or it happens in anywhere in the temple, or it can happen outside. Devotees disagree about things, and they have strong words. And then it's like um, you, you you get over it right away, right? Because the person, their nature, your nature, you forgive. And you say, oh, I'm sorry, and then it's my fault. And the devotee says, oh, no, no, it's my fault, I'm sorry. You, know, you hug, or you offer obeisances, and everything's clear. Krishna's happy. Ah, they've learned. They've learned a little bit. You know, the kids are learning, you know, how to get along. Because <laughs> it's hard, right? The prisoners in prison, they don't get along at all, right? They have to be kept separated, right? They can't get along in society, so they're put into prison. Even within prison, some prisoners can't get along with it. They're put into solitary confinement. Even some in solitary confinement, they're, you know, even more alive. They've got to put cameras on them and lock them up. So it's, it's like that. We don't want to have to be in solitary confinement. And that's what Krishna will have to do to us, you know, literally with the lock on our, our the mercy that we get. Krishna says, no, you can't have any more mercy. You you haven't been able to associate nicely with devotees. I'll give you another chance. I'll give you another chance. I'll give you another chance. But eventually, what can happen? We've, we've seen devotees that move away. It's so sad. But we know they never forget Krishna, right? <laughs> They they do that. Some come back and they said, you know, I was trying to go out and have a good time, enjoy, but I couldn't do it. I couldn't enjoy myself. I I, I kept thinking of Krishna. <laughs> That's so nice to think about. Is that good? Thank you. Thanks for being here and thanks for the nice question. Any other questions? Comment? Prabhu? Well, I had just the one that, that I heard him on the tape, you know, about Mahabharata. You weren't here, but it was a, I'll just real quick. He said in the lecture, you know, Mahabharata, Krishna is not directly, um, glorified. So read the books where Krishna is glorified directly first, because they're more relishable. We want Krishna. You can still read Mahabharata, but he said, only read it after you read Bhagavad Gita, Srimad Bhagavatam, Shaitanya Charitamrita, Nectar of Devotion, and you know it thoroughly. 
then read Mahabharata. <laughs> so that was the little thing. He's And he said that in a tape. So it was very interesting. I got to hear that. My wife heard it and she told me about it. So it was, an, so it was a little bit of, of Tamal Krishnamaraj in that one. Excuse me. But, um, yeah, there's lots of stories. But it's getting late. I think Mother uh, Nandini wanted to make a comment. Do you want to make a comment? desires for whatever reason or um, but but the bottom line what uh, this Prabhu wrote was that um, a lot of times devotees leave because they they want love because that's that's our whole philosophy is love and they want loving relationships so oftentimes they leave because they feel bereft of loving relationships and um, so they seek loving relationships, maybe in other traditions or like that. So I think that that's, that was a really beautiful uh, comment this Prabhu made. And I think it's relevant for all of us to kind of internalize a little bit, isn't it? Thank you. Nice comment. Yeah, to forgive devotees is loving and to have the loving exchanges, prashadam, revealing your heart. But it, it's so easy to be uh, caught up in the busyness of the material world and forget to be loving, you know, and really like not just thinking, well, I'll be loving tomorrow or there'll be some other circumstance I'll be loving. No, the circumstance right now, whatever you're doing, you have to be loving. That's the only thing I could add to that. Thank you, Mataji. Shrimad Bhagavatam ki, Shri Papad ki.